Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. Today we have a lovely, lovely lady and that we're going to be speaking to. And actually quite a funny story. My bikini, she hasn't got a clue because I'm just for speaking. My bikini was actually inspired by her bikini. I loved it that much. Like I loved the blues and I just thought it was stunning. And yeah, she has no idea. But yeah, I absolutely love it. She is a seasoned bikini athlete. She's, I think she's come more from, from what I know, the UK BFF scene, and she's moving more towards the IFBB and hoping to get her pro card this year. And she's also an undergrad at Liverpool University. So this woman's just busy. That's the, probably the best way to describe this girl. But thank you so much for coming on and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am over the moon to be on this, finally. I'm so excited to really have a good chat with you, Jasmine. Love a good chat, love a good chat. And honestly, you're, I, it's so funny. When I was looking at doing my bikini, I just remember catching yours. I was like, oh, blue. It looks so I good. Can't believe, I can't believe you've just said that. Like, that put such a big smile on my face. I actually had no idea, but... Yeah, amazing. I thought you know, I thought you'd notice that you'd be like, oh, maybe it's like slight kind of similar. Because I literally said to Mandy, I was like, look, I love Marnie's, but I don't want to be a copycat and I want to have a bit more like deeper. But um, yeah, thanks for the inspiring. Yeah, for, for people that don't know you, kind of how have you got to this point that you are at right now as a bikini athlete? Okay, so I really, ugh, I don't even know where to start. My fitness journey I mean I've not always been into fitness like I'm being totally honest so taking it back to when I was in school I mean I was never I never really had a sport to be honest like a lot of my friends at school they would be on the netball team or they would be doing cross country that sort of thing but I just never really found that sport that you know I was never going to training sessions and all that sort of thing like what my friends were doing so obviously left school and we actually had like a gym on site at school and some PE sessions would be in the gym. So when I used to go into the gym, like I was a youngster when I was a teenager, um, kind of just, I was a cardio bunny. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I was, gonna that. I was a cardio bunny. Had no idea what to do in the weight section. It did not really interest me, to be honest. Didn't really know anything about it. Just used to go in and do my cardio and that was that. Never saw any changes. Think that's one thing that you know I really want to highlight like I was kind of going to the gym aimlessly didn't know what I was doing and so from that point on I mean I went to sixth form still a cardio bunny <laughs> and I did my A-levels and I went off to university in London when I was 18 so I'm 22 now so when I was living in London to be honest I really struggled when I was there and um, I don't know if you I mean if you live around London or if you live down south, you definitely live down south. Northampton? Okay. Does that count? It's funny. When you're in London, people say that Northampton's, well, north. And then when you I speak to yourself, you're like, yeah, that's down south. Like, well, I, class, I don't class Liverpool as north. So, like, Newcastle's the real north. So, anyway, um, I was at university in London. I was doing biomed, so same course. But I was really quite miserable. It was quite isolating. I couldn't afford a gym membership. So... I had like 100% attendance at uni because I just had no life outside of uni. Literally 100%, like I didn't miss one single thing, which is quite sad. But um, yeah, so I was at university there and I was going through a really tough time, like went through a breakup and I was grieving over various different things. Um, so I actually withdrew from the university. I was only there for a few months. 
So as you can imagine, what was going through my head at that point, I just thought, I'm a failure. What am I going to do with my life? You know, at this point, it was too late for me to transfer to a different uni. So, you know, because I'd missed too much work. I went back to Newcastle. And the only thing that I could think of that I wanted to do because I couldn't afford a gym membership in London was go to the gym. So I joined my local gym, went straight back there. And more than anything, it was kind of like an escape for me and a bit of a release. I, I just used to go in there and switch off and then, you know, leave all my worries about what I was going to do with my life at the door. And I got a PT. You know, I started taking my training a lot more seriously he showed me the basics, you know, like your basic movements, that what different machines would do and all that sort of thing. I mean, I, I, I did briefly know, but that gave me the push that I needed. And then I started seeing changes. So I remember I took my first check-in picture for him and I still have that on my phone to this day because I just always love to look back at that. Whenever I'm feeling like I'm making no progress, like I will flick back to that and think, remember that time? Yeah. When I was straight up and down and I had no shape. So I took my first check-in pictures for him. And I think when I took those pictures, I had got in from my first PT session and he was like, right, Marnie, I need you to take these pictures for me and don't delete them. doesn't matter what you look like, just keep them there. And I've kept them there to this day. I think when I took those pictures, I sort of knew in the back of my head, like, this is me actually making a serious step in my life. Like, I had no idea that I was going to become a competitor but I think it was a turning point for me. So those pictures, kept on training with this guy. I think I was training maybe three times a week. So it was quite frequent. And then obviously I would go and do my own thing alongside that. I gradually started to become more interested in nutrition as well. And, you know, I was being more conscious of what I was eating and that sort of thing. And I remember my, this was back at, at this point, I think we're talking 2015. That was the year that it was. It's not long ago, really, when you think about it. It's, Just yeah, thinking now, three not, years, that's not a lot. It's really not. So back end of 2014, start in 2015, my Instagram feed, you know, I started to follow fitness pages and things like that, but it was nowhere near as big as it is now. I think in the last year and a half to two years, it's really blown up. So I started looking at these pages and then the Explore page, I started seeing pictures of the Olympia athletes. Like it wasn't even like amateur athletes local to me, nothing. To be honest, I didn't know anybody that competed locally. So that brings me on to my next point. So I saw these pictures of like the Olympia girls, like uh, Ashley Kay when she won the Olympia like four times or whatever. Um, And I just remember seeing those pictures. I was lying in bed one night and I thought, I want to do that. It wasn't even like I want to get on stage. It was like one day I want to be on the Olympia stage. So that kind of planted a seed. And I then thought, well, I need to get a prep coach if that's the case. I I ran it by my PT and he was very supportive. But I mean, I think his niche wasn't bodybuilding. Like he was just a PT and... I said it to him and he was like, that's fantastic. What an amazing goal to work towards for next year. But that's as far as it went. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to to outsource now. I'm going to have to really do some research and try and find somebody that will prep me for a competition. So I found a coach. um, Funnily enough, she's actually based in like the northwest, like Liverpool area. So I would get on the train for three hours to come and see her. 
and I would come and train with her in person and then I would get the train back to Newcastle. So I started training with her and then we picked a show. We picked the Northwest Championships, UKBFF, um, which was obviously a local show to her and she kind of knew she knew more about the competition than I did. And she was like, this is going to be great for your first show. Like the audience is always packed. That's what you need as your first show. You don't want to go in and just do any old show. Like you want to go in and you want to put yourself up there with like the best standard. So we prepped for that one. And I think I was only prepping for 12 weeks. It was just your standard 12 week prep. It was very harsh. Like looking back at the time, because I because I became hooked in straight away to the changes that I was seeing, I had this goal in my head, like of what I want to look like, and it and I was gradually getting there. But looking back to the way that I was prepped, it was so extreme. Like I used to literally be eating like cod and baby leaf salad five times a day. It was horrendous, oh but I did it. I stuck that to the letter. I didn't cheat once, like, and I mean that. Um, Do you still eat cod? No. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why. I can confirm that unless it is covered in batter with a side of chips, I will not be eating cod anytime soon. Um, It sounds really silly, but, like, I have have the same thing with crumpets. I know that sounds really strange, but I remember being allowed, like, one crumpet. And now, every single time I look at crumpets, I'm like, nah, I just can't do it. Oh, God, for life. Well, anyway, I I managed to place third. You know, it was, I think there was maybe seven girls in the category. So it was junior bikini, first time on stage. Had this bikini on, the bottoms were falling down. You know, I've been through it all, to be honest. Like, I didn't know what colour to wear. I, I just thought, ooh, I really like purple, not what will suit me on stage. I went for like a bright, it was like um, kind of like metallic purple, like um, covered in crystals and all that. And bottoms were falling down. My, my, I didn't know how to do my hair. I just, it, I literally was like, right, I need to like think, oh, I'm going on a night out. Like, what do I want my hair to look like? What do I want my yeah. to look like? Because I just had no idea. Like the whole stage makeup thing as well like you don't realize like stage makeup in itself is like a completely different look than just going and getting your makeup done for a night out do you know what I mean so so we did that anyway I placed third so I got an invite to the British finals that year that competition was actually in May so as you can imagine the window from May till October that was quite a big gap and because I had been so restrictive I really, really struggled with that. I mean, you you and Sophie spoke about this on one of the other episodes. As I said before, um, the whole going into the supermarket and having that freedom of, like, being able to choose whatever you want from the shelf, like, that really, really messed with my head. So I did have several issues, but I didn't let it stop me from doing what I love because when I was up on stage, I had the best time. It was... I was like, I know I want to do this. Like, it, it just confirmed it in black and white for me that I'm going to be in this sport for the long haul. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I've just done a show and that's that. Mm. Still had the goal of the Olympia in the back of my head. So that that kind of is why I chose the UKBFF anyway, because at the time, you know, they had the rights to give out pro cards and it's all changed now. But when I first started competing, that was, you know, I stuck with the UKBFF because I thought this is the way to the Olympia. So 
I got on stage later on that year, did the British finals. I had a different coach. Um, this was coach number two at this point. It was a guy, actually, a good friend of mine. He's a photographer, like lived in Newcastle and stuff. So I didn't have the issue of traveling. But again, very bro bodybuilder style. And I think having those experiences, it instilled in the back of my head that you cannot get results unless you are eating foods X, Y and Z. So I had in the back of my head, I've got to eat cod to get shredded because I know it works. Do you see what I mean? So I think that that really did. That was kind of the starting point of my like issues that I had with binge eating, which luckily I've overcome those now. But I did the British finals. I didn't look anywhere near as lean, anywhere near as good. I still got up there. You know, I still gave it my best shot. But again, like I really struggled. I put a lot of weight on post-show, like, you know, the rebound and that sort of thing. So I think I was just having issues with metabolism and stuff. I think my hormones were probably all over the shop. Anyway, did the British finals and then that was that. So that was October. Now, at that point, I decided to become a PT myself. So, you know, then I started working in the gym and, you know, I had all that going on, which was amazing. I don't do that anymore, but, you know, it's something that I have on the side. So I was doing that in Newcastle. Got another prep coach, prep coach number three. This was another local person. Um, she was a figure athlete. That was the prep that won me the English Grand Prix 2016. So we started, when did we start prepping for that? I think started prepping in January, I want to say, end of January, because my birthday is at the end of January. So I was like, I want to enjoy my birthday and then kind of cracked on with it after that. So, um, the English Grand Prix that year was June, I believe. Yeah, so obviously big show. I thought, right, I'm not messing about. I'm not doing no Northwest Championships anymore. I'm going to go in for the, the big daddy. I'm going to do the English Grand Prix. <laughs> the big daddy. I love it. So, right, we're going for the international invites, whatever. You know, it's game time. So I thought, right, we'll do that. But let's do a warm-up show as well. Just kind of get back on stage, you know, get back into the swing of things. So... Luckily, um, UKBFF had another show two weeks before the English Grand Prix, which was in Newcastle. So it was the North Championships. So just thought, yeah, why not? Got on stage two weeks early. Didn't look my peak, but in those two weeks, like I really dialed it in. And English Grand Prix was just the best I've ever looked, hands down. I came in about 48 kilos for that, which was the lightest I've ever been. I had a lot of fullness in my muscle, like I look back at those pictures and I'm, I was really happy with the way that I looked. You know, I felt very confident in those two weeks because I won the North and I was like, right, well, the only way is up from here. Like, you know, yeah. it's going to it's gonna be quite promising. So I did that. Um, I won the junior category, but that was such a long day, I remember, because I'd been advised by one of the judges to do the height class as well. And they were like, you know, you've got nothing to lose. Do both. So did the juniors in the morning at about 10 a.m. And I had to wait all day because I won the categories. They were like, well, you'll be on stage later for the overall bikini. And I was like, mm. oh, God, what time is that going to be? It wasn't until about half eight in, in the evening. So I was, oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it was bad. I was dying that day. But in between the two, I obviously got on stage for the short bikini as well. And I came third. So I walked away with two trophies that day, which was amazing. 
I had such a good time up there, you know, got my Arnold's invite, got my Diamond Cup invite. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I've qualified for Arnold's, like, this is amazing. So anyway, uh, but yeah, I forgot this little detail. So little did I know, like, I, I actually, at the time, I thought, let's face it, I'll probably not win, like, you know, like, whatever. And then as my prep went on, I was like, actually, I've got a chance. But when I was having these thoughts, I went and booked a trip to Southeast Asia for the summer. Like, I went travelling by myself. So I was away. Didn't you prep when you were travelling? Well, I, I want to say I tried it, but <laughs> tracking your food in Southeast Asia when no one speaks English is an absolute nightmare. Like, <laughs> I mean, nothing's on my fitness pal. It's all pad thai, so... <laughs> Can you imagine if you're at one of the stores and they've just got the little code that you just scan, you're like... No, I know what you mean. It, I, it would be very difficult. But, yeah, I mean, you don't know what they're putting in your food. So, um, anyway, I had booked that trip. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to Thailand two weeks after the English Grand Prix. So I flew out there, had an amazing time. Don't get me wrong. Like, it was so character building. Like, you know, traveling on, like, being a solo backpacker, it was so much fun. And I visited some amazing places as well. But obviously in the back of my head, I was like, oh, my God, Arnold, what am I going to do? Like, I really wanted to do it. But I was just like... Can I do it? Like I had to agree with you with this. So with uni, you don't like it's not a case that you read one book, you memorize, and that is literally it. Like you have to do so much more. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to read around your subject. You've for a science degree, you've got to be you know looking at scientific papers, watching back lectures that are hours long. Um, you know, it's it's really like a different, it's self-directed learning, I want to say, like, you know, there's nobody there to shout at you if you don't do it. If you don't do it, you fail, and that's that's just the way it is, and then you've wasted £9,000 a year, <laughs> probably more as well, not not including your living expenses and stuff, but yeah. so it just got to the point where Steve had said to me, I do not know if we are going to be ready. And I was like, you know, he said, that's not an easy thing for me to tell any of my athletes. He's like, you are, it's nothing to do with how hard you're working. Like, you are a hard worker. You, you're doing all that you can. He's like, the one variable that we need is time. And that's the only thing that will that will put you in a better position. And, it, and you know, I kept saying to him, no, no, no. Like, I want to do it. I'm going to keep going. And then I kind of found myself falling back into old habits from the year before of like the English Grand Prix situation of like, no, 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 I'm going to do it regardless. And I remembered how awful I felt on stage because I didn't feel like I was my best. I didn't feel like I had improved. So again, I learned from that and I thought, you know what? He's right. Why rush it? Why rush the next four weeks? Not enjoy my press, not enjoy the next four weeks of uni potentially fail an exam you know because if I've split my time and I've not put 100% into that you know I'd kick myself so yeah we've, we've decided that I mean body power was a wild card for me anyway it was never the initial plan when Steve and I had our we have like a chat really at the start of the year at the start of the season and we're like right what's the plan we plan out the entire year so we're like okay so many weeks in off season so many weeks in prep and like you'll he will plan it all out and you'll put on a spreadsheet <laughs> um so we do that and you know we always said right let's aim for october we're gonna have the whole summer of prep no exams we're not doing what we did last year no peak week exam week clash all that 
So, yeah, Body Power was a wild card. I just rocked up to the model search casting, got got invited to the finals. And then, yeah, I wound up four weeks out. And, and, it, and it did just get to the point where I was like, you know, this is not going to affect me and my career whatsoever in terms of my goal of getting a pro card. Like, it's not an IFBB show. I purely did it for some exposure and just to compete at Body Power because I thought it would be really cool. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, some things aren't meant to be. Like, I'm, I do not regret my decision at all. I think it was very, very, a very wise move. Again, I made it with my coach and I trust Steve 100%. So I know in the long run that that decision will will have been a good one. Um well, yeah, that's the thing. Be focused on the goal, but be flexible with the approach and the strategy. And I think that's literally what you have done to a T. And I think it's what a lot of people should potentially look to do a bit more. I think the problem is people see on Instagram that you've got to compete, compete, compete. And that is that is like the question that everyone asks you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you feel like you're a bit worried what people are going to say. But I think it's so true that you've just got to do what's right for you. Not just from a mental standpoint, but from a physique standpoint, from a life standpoint. Like last year for me, I was I did a show in June. And I thought, right, I'm going to do July, going to do July. And then like a whole load of work came in. And I had the idea for Compact. And I thought, well, this is stupid. Like if I'm just going to put myself into another show, I know my brain was gone at that point. I left it somewhere. I couldn't find it. So I thought, right, this is just pointless. I think it's really credible that you're, you, know, you literally explained why you chose X certain decisions and then why you chose a different approach in the end of the day. You're still on track. It's just taking a slightly different approach and being flexible and being willing to be flexible in order to fit that goal. And that comes, I think that comes through from when you're talking about your decisions with your shows and obviously with your eating as well. I personally, I do, I've tried both uh, flexible dieting and meal plan. And it's funny because when I first started out, I thought, no, I can't do meal plan. It's too strict. Did flexible dieting, it was okay, but then the more I get into more of a routine, kind of what I'm up to, I'm finding that a meal plan is better, but then I maybe do like a 30% flexible dieting, so if I fancy switching it up, I'll switch it up, or if I'm going out for dinner, I'll go out for dinner, but um, no, I think it's really interesting that you've literally explained your, your whole mindset, your whole process that went on your head. I got there in the end. I feel like I've been going round and round in circles. But, yeah, I totally agree with you when you're talking about the meal plan versus flexible approach. So I just want to say I want to make this very clear. Like, flexible dieting has – it should be used as a tool. So, like, let's not say – I think the IIFYM, if it fits your macros, that sometimes can just have negative connotations of, like, people trying to like crowbar like a dominoes and chips into their macros like it doesn't work like that if you're serious especially you know bikini athletes not so much like regular people who you know perhaps just want to shed a few pounds but when we're talking about getting stage lean like 100% I would say having the structure of a meal plan is perfect because it then eliminates you thinking about food like you don't have to think about what you're going to have or what's going to fit into the, to today's macros but rather you're like right Tupperware's in the fridge it's there it's done it still tastes amazing you know it's not cod and baby beef salad it's like <laughs> or crumpets or crumpets <laughs> 
maybe it's going to be like, I don't know, a jack of potato with some tuna, some light mayo and a side salad. See what I mean? So like it has its uses. Like I, in the last few weeks, obviously I'm still on prep now, but when we were getting closer to body power, Steve said to me, like, let's make a flexible meal plan. So, like, I would have, like, three different options of, like, a protein source, then my carb source, and that's how we kind of worked it through. And, again, like, it's just removing, like, the restriction. I think the moment that you start, of course, like, dieting is, like, controlled starvation, essentially. But, like, it's removing that, like, oh, you cannot have this, like, the rules of, I remember my first coach Oh, honestly, if you saw the meal plan that I was on, you would have a fit. It is one of those meal plans where it goes viral on Instagram and people are like, how can this be a meal plan? Like, this is terrible. It's had rules at the start. No more than two cups of coffee a day. No diet drinks. No sweeteners except plant-based sweeteners such as Truvia or Stevia. It was brutal. We're talking, like, military operation here. like. No wonder, yeah, like what maximum of one per day. No wonder I came away one and a half years later with these horrendous binge eating problems because I had been told from the start, no, 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 this isn't allowed, this isn't allowed. It was instilled in the back of my head and I used to think like, oh, like, well, I can't have that because that's not going to make me look shredded. And I didn't want to get up on stage and number one, let my coach down. Number two, think, oh, I shouldn't have cheated on those rules. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. the thing about foods being inherently bad or inherently good, like it's there's no such thing. You know, of course, things like trans fats and stuff, like they're not good for you and like they, they do increase your risk of certain diseases and stuff like that. But on the whole, it's it, people preach about moderation, but it's so true. Like if you really want to have something, it's good for the mind and it's not going to spiral out of control into like a binge then have a bloody Reese's cup, you know. That, I mean, that's just my motto for life. I love that. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that one. How many coaches have you... You're on your fourth... Is your fourth coach now? One, two, three. Yeah, yeah. Steve is my fourth coach, and I will be sticking with him for the foreseeable future. I like that, though, because I think I'm on... How many am I on now? Oh, I can't even count. I'd probably say, like, I'm on... Well, my sixth now. Uh-huh. But I think, and, I, and I'm the same as you. Like, I think I've got my sixth. I'm gonna stay with him. Like, I've got no reason to not. But I think people get somewhat scared to kind of go with a new coach because yeah. if it's just started out. That they've got this kind of thing in their head of, oh, what if I don't get the same results? And what if this? And what if that? Like, and I think it's. I don't know, what would you advise someone if they may be a little bit scared that to switch out that coach, whether they be, I don't know, two weeks out or eight weeks out from their show or just generally want to switch in their off-season? What advice would you give to them? Um, I want to say, obviously, do your research. Clearly, I I wouldn't say I could do enough research at the start. I think because I was so naive and I didn't understand the basics of nutrition myself, I think it was very, very easy for, for me to become brainwashed into thinking, like we've just said there, like foods are inherently bad or whatever, or inherently good, like the, the, the cod is going to thin your skin and all that. But, you know, it's not scientific. People, it's just like an old wives' tale that's been passed down from like 
all the generations of bodybuilders and all the rest of it. But I definitely think that you need to you need to be with a coach that understands your lifestyle and it's all for a coach to turn around and, and say, Come on, man up, how bad do you want it? Like stop complaining, like you know, you've got this. And it is motivational and it does it does make you work hard, but at the end of the day, like prep is not a walk in the park. If you're gonna have some crap days, it's inevitable. It happens to everyone. And I think like that's why it's so important to have a coach that knows what your lifestyle's like. Like, you know, Steve knows that I'm doing a very demanding course at uni. Um, he knows that I live with other students and that there's constantly social events going on and I mean, I do sacrifice a lot of that, but you know, it's definitely important for your coach to know that, like, just what's going on in your life in general, I think. Um, but, yeah, definitely do your research when you are looking for a coach. Potentially speak to other clients, you know. I'm trying to think what else. Um, booking in for consultations with coaches, I think, can be very useful. To speak to somebody on the phone. Steve and I always have phone calls. We do a lot of our checking via phone. We do email back and forth, and I do have his WhatsApp, but we schedule phone calls like pretty much every week or every other week, depending upon how close I am to a show. And I think it's very important to like be able to like talk to them across across the phone and for you to hear their voice and for them to hear yours. It sounds silly, but I mean, Steve helped me when I had my January exams. It was the week before my exams, and I, I mean, I was prepping and all that, and and. Even just half an hour on the phone to him, he really calmed me down before my exams. Now, he's my coach for my shows, but he know, he's aware of what else is going on. And I think that's why he's such a good coach, because he's just so well-rounded. You might want to find someone that's going to beat you in the gym. You know, it just, it just depends on the person. Like, I find that that does work for me. And, like, sometimes I do just want to be able to pick the phone up and call him and, like, Definitely. And I think as well, just trust your instincts and trust your gut. If it doesn't feel right, you've got to know if you're doing everything that you can to feel your side of the bargain. At the same time, if you, if it doesn't feel right, it's that for me, that's normally a sign. Like things are signals in life and it's normally trying to tell you something. Interesting. You mentioned about talking to different clients and consultations. and But yeah, I, I know what you mean in terms of having that open communication kind of area that I think we should touch upon is your time at you've mentioned your uni life quite a lot I know quite a lot of people do competing at university I personally started my kind of journey at university because I had I think I had a lot more time I kind of thought oh I'm just gonna you know give it well why not um (laughs) but from maybe from a time management perspective because I had people in my halls that did biomedicine and I'm not even gonna lie I just didn't see them if they were architect or medicine or law I just didn't see them because they were just always you know in labs <laughs> in hospital like just always on it and obviously I don't know how much it differs for you but I know that a lot of people in halls as well they would only for so for example I'd like finish May June whereas a lot of like for example nurses don't finish until July August they only get maybe like two weeks and they're back into it so I guess from a time management perspective, how the heck do you do it all? <laughs> Pretty much, that's my question. Because I remember, <laughs> when we were talking before this, 
you're the vice president for society and you do uni and you you, know, you work with some really cool brands and like there's, there's a lot of different elements that you're trying to juggle so if you have an ebook please send it my way but generally speaking like, how do you actually <laughs> how do you manage to juggle all of that and do you think because obviously right now your show is until october do you reduce some of that workload or some of those things that you do around on your shows? Or how do you go about managing all of everything, basically? I ask myself a question every day. <laughs> you should see my calendar, honestly. It's just constantly filled with all sorts of weird and wonderful things. I'm always travelling or I'm always working or... I like to fill my time. I do. It's something that I live by. I feel like busy people are the most productive. Like, you know, if you are a busy person, you make time for the things that are important. So first things first, um, I always, always make sure that I have at least an hour of my day for training or the gym or cardio or a walk, listening to this podcast. <laughs> so I always make sure I do have... Um, regardless of how busy I am I'll always take you know an hour 40 minutes whatever to just kind of put my headphones in world out and just crack on and just get some endorphins flowing so I always make sure that I do that um but alongside that to be honest um I think one thing that I've really really found useful is planning my day out to the hour now that does seem quite robotic to some people and you're like oh my god like your whole day is written out to the hour like why would you do that but I really do get satisfaction from ticking that list off as my day goes on. I'm like, yep, done, 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 done. I get into bed at night and my entire list has been ticked. And I'm like, yeah, it's been a good day. Got a lot of stuff done. Um, So I think definitely from like managing your time from that sort of angle, um, I would definitely recommend, you know, if people are finding things, we all get the same amount of hours in a day. We all have 24 hours. So what you choose to do with that, you know, is is totally up to you. I am a morning person. I will, I mean, I was up this morning at, you know, seven o'clock. I'm not one of those crazy people who gets up at like 4.30 and does fasted cardio or anything like that. But I make sure that I'm up half seven, eight o'clock at the very latest on a weekday. I'm up, got my coffee. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do whatever's on my list, whether that is go to a lecture, go to the library, go to the gym. Sorry, Chick, I've got to record it from my side because it records, but oh, we were doing so well. But, um, yeah, what we talking about? Coffee, and then you're quite a morning person. Right, yeah, so it is really good being at uni because my day is kind of flexible anyway. All of the three jobs that I work are part-time, but they're all casual, so I'm not actually, like, I don't have a certain amount of hours that I have to do, so I'm a fitness consultant at the university gym, that's pretty flexible you know I can choose what shifts I want to work what days I want to work I can do it as often or as you know as infrequent as I want to you know if I want to earn a bit more money I can put more shifts in so I do that on the side I also work for NotGo so a lot of that I mean it's a student job but I do go out of of my way to get a lot of sales for them I mean I managed to stock them in my university gym so it's just I mean I have a lot of connections and stuff and I think yeah being on campus you know it, it is good like I try and put myself out there um and yeah it does get quite tough to manage everything I'm not gonna lie but 
I would definitely say that writing things out has helped me. Um, and yeah, I, I'd rather be doing all the things that I'm doing than be sat on my arse and not doing anything except uni. Because a lot of students do go through university without actually doing anything extracurricular. And although my, mine might seem quite excessive, you know, a lot of people think, wow, like she's really got her, got her shit together. Like, you know, she's always busy. Like maybe some people might find it intimidating, but I'm really not. So, yeah, going forward into next year, as you mentioned, I'm going to be the vice president of the Strength and Conditioning Club as well. Like we've got over 100 members and that's that's everything ranging from bodybuilding to powerlifting to Olympic lifting. You know, we've got a lot of athletes that compete for the university with that. So that's another thing I'm going to have to slot in somewhere. But, you know, it's all good. Like I'm enjoying uni and I think I'm really making the most of my university experience. So that's what it's all about. But I guess I know exactly what you mean. It's pushing yourself. But I can imagine some people, myself going, yeah, but there must get a point that you feel burnout can only keep going for so long so yeah how do you sort of manage the burnout or whether that's when you are burnt out or kind of seeing just before you go and kind of get to that level because it's really hard I think when you're trying to say yes to everything and obviously you're trying to be productive as you can I have to try and really keep myself in check or I just I have to be adult for a good like two days to actually get back into the swing of things so how do you go about having this really incredible busy productive life that you've got while at the same time not burning yourself out in the process I think it is very easy to burn out as you've just said like you know we all do at some point if you are you know ridiculously busy you can't you can't be perfect all the time I'm certainly not perfect but you know I have sometimes I do have days where I'm like oh I can't be bothered but <laughs> I do think that um just taking time out for yourself like to be honest um think this is more recently like this year I've really stuck in fact it's ever since I did um a summer camp last year when I was in the states I basically spent like you know about two months not really on my phone so like I was kind of absent from social media not absent totally like I was posting and stuff that you know occasionally but I'd had a good stint of two months where I wasn't on my phone and so when I came back to uni the girls in my flat were all like, wow, like, Marnie is so much more present in conversation. And I was like, yeah, like, I am actually. I never really noticed. But, you know, when I'm in bed, I will, maybe I'll put an Instagram post up, but my notifications are off. And you better believe that once that post is up, my phone's down. And that's it. You know, I do make sure that I take time out for myself. Like, when I get into bed at, like, half 10 or 11 o'clock at night, I'm not sat scrolling on Instagram. I'm not constantly bombarding myself. I'm like, right, this is me time. Like, this is where I just will switch off and I'll put something on Netflix or, you know, I'll I'll browse on my computer or, like, I'll do something fun that just, you know, gives my brain a break. <laughs> so I think that that is very important. But also, like, the gym, like, although I'm on prep and I'm training for something, it's still my really, it's still my escape. Like, I still get so much satisfaction from doing a workout that's why I said before no matter like how busy I am I always make sure that I do have some form of like activity in my day whether that is a walk with a podcast or it's a leg session or you know I'm gonna go and do some hit sprints or something like that you know I always I think it's very important for the mind 
So, yeah, and just put some good music on. Always got my headphones on when I'm training as well. So I think that's very important. But, you know, I, I do, I have burnt out in the past, you know, when I had my January exams, I did really struggle with stress. I do struggle with stress. I'm a very stressy person, you know, even if everything seems to be going swimmingly well from the outside, you know, sometimes I do still feel like that. But it's just one of those things I think that you do learn to deal with as you grow up. We all do have stressful situations, like not just students, like people stress about money, people stress about relationships, you know, all that sort of thing. But it is just something you learn to deal with, I guess. You mentioned about from the outside and obviously in, and I think stress is a big one. And I think it's more and more, I think not just in the bodybuilding fitness world, but I think in society in general, we are struggling more and more to deal with stress and mental health. A hundred percent. And there's not a lot of resources out there to actually help people to be able to cope and deal with it. Like I feel like people... People want a lot more from us, I think, in terms of demand with social media and just life pressures. So I think it's really important from what you said, just to take that, even if it's just an hour or half an hour, put down the phone, yeah. just podcast, whatever the hell you need to do, like, just do it. Even in that present moment, you're thinking, oh, but I've got so much to, so much to do. Like, sometimes you spend more time stressing and being in that zone of, I've got so much to do, instead of actually stopping and then being able to actually push forward. I also think it's just brought me back to something actually I wouldn't even say it's burnout but just on the whole stress topic the day that Steve recorded a video for me and basically said I don't know if you're going to be ready for body power I think I was maybe seven weeks out at this point so it was very early you know still early days really like seven weeks you know a lot can happen in seven weeks um but when I got that video, he was like, I don't want you to stress out. I don't want you to get upset. You know, like I'm doing this because I care about you and I have your best interests at heart. And, you know, you're one of my best athletes. And I remember watching that and I just kind of teared up a bit. And I was like, I just felt like, oh, my God, like stress, stress. What am I going to do? Am I doing it? Am I not doing it? Seven weeks, like, ah, what am I going to do? And I remember I just thought, Marnie, stop it, just take five. So I literally grabbed my house keys, put my shoes on, I went outside for a walk and I actually rang Alicia Gardner. You know, she was on the podcast yeah. before. Oh, she was one um, of my first guests. Yeah, she was. I rang her and I was like, I need to speak to someone who understands. She was like, yeah, I do. And obviously, because she's doing a law degree, she was, like, I, she was like, I get it. She was like, I know a lot of people don't, but she was like, I totally, and I'm here to listen. And I was just ranting at her for, like, a good hour. And by the time I got back, I was like, thanks so much for listening. Like, even though, you know, she didn't really have any advice, but she was like, you know, just keep going. You're amazing. Like, you're doing so well. And by the time I got back, I was kind of over it. I was like, oh, got that off my chest. It's all good. <laughs> Sometimes that's what you need, though. You just need someone in the sort of industry itself who just gets it. Because I did kind of well I tried to speak to my mum and obviously there was just I shouldn't have done it because obviously yeah. they're just coming from a completely different place and I think it's I think the best advice to anyone is just try and talk it out man sometimes you just need to get it off your chest and just someone just to nod and even just try and if they can get where you're coming from like 100% I, and I said actually I called a friend who I spent so much time educating on the bodybuilding world and I felt so much better she's like look I can't help you but just just do you and I was like I think this was literally what was it it was three weeks before my show last year 
and um, <laughs> something like cocked up with a client because I just my prep brain was fully activated and I just put some oh. stupid thing oh the, the blog was just horrendous and I'm crying my eyes I'm like oh my god what the fuck and then my friend was literally like Jasmine it's just a blog and even just that and I thought oh my god like I'm literally crying over fucking nothing and you just sometimes you need that external person I think definitely and you're just trying yeah. to find that person or people that is going to help you 100% 100% are is it can be so special because you do meet so many like-minded people and and I do feel that bodybuilding is a cult like you know if, if you're in you know if you know no well yeah there you go plastic cups that's all I need to say to everyone they're like yep they're cups. Like, what <laughs> I feel like that's like the entry <laughs> like plastic cups. whatever the reaction is it's like right you're in <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I think I've got one more um, topic that I think is quite interesting to kind of cover is choosing a federation. Obviously, you went to UK BFF and you were going to do the body power uh, model search and then you chose to switch to the IFBB. Like, how would you best advise someone in terms of what federations to kind of go for and choose, whether they are, well, to be fair, I guess whether they are first time competitor, whether they yeah, going into their second year and they're just completely unsure. Because I honestly think there's more federations in supermarkets these days. It's freaking ridiculous. <laughs> Mate, I literally, I was, I did, um, for Compaq, I did like a bodybuilding calendar. I don't know if you saw it. And I literally was like, fucking hell. Wow. There's so many. Like, September <laughs> is mental. I didn't realise how many shows in September there are. And it's really, I think that can be really overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. Well, I would definitely say I mean, again, do your research, weigh up the pros and cons, pros of competing with one federation versus pros of competing with another. So, for example, you've got your two bros pro events, which, you know, is just launched this year. Pros to that, overall winners becoming IFBB pro. You know, it's it's a fantastic movement for the sport. And I think, you know, it's it's going to be, it's going to do amazing things for UK athletes. A lot of UK athletes, that should have gotten pro cards in the past who weren't given them you know it it really it really is amazing i'm so excited to be competing with them this year that's my main reason i mean you know i've i've said before my my goal one day is to do the olympia and to get my ifbb pro card so with that being said i mean if that's the road that you want to go down as an athlete and you want to get to the pro league then that's the route for you. Obviously, PCA have got their own pro league and a, a massive incentive for a lot of athletes with the PCA is obviously they do a lot of cash prizes. So, you know, some a lot of people do ask me, they're like, oh, is there much money in bodybuilding? And I'm like, well, it's kind of like any other sport, really. Unless you're a pro and you're competing for the big bucks, you know, it, the money, it's not really about the money. It's about the passion for the sport and you have to really love what you do. But... In terms of getting a bit of, of prize money, I think PCA seems to be the way forward for that. To be honest, yeah, there are so many federations that I actually know nothing about. I mean, there's a lot of natural federations out there, which they all do drug testing. So, you know, if, if that's something that you were interested in, there are so many. I mean, you can just Google it, and I think maybe there's about 10 different ones. But, yeah, definitely choosing a federation and choosing a show, I, I mean... Don't rush yourself to the stage is another thing I would say. The stage is always going to be there. It's been there since Arnold was 
you know, back in Arnold's day when he was on stage, <laughs> half naked in trunks. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's always going to be there. And it depends on what your what your long term goal is. A lot of people don't have a long term goal. They kind of just have bikini competition on their bucket list. So I think it's kind of less less of an issue then of what federation you do. Like you know, as long as you're getting up on stage and you you're presenting the best version of yourself, then it doesn't really matter who that that happens to be with. But there's so many different modeling federations too. Like I mean, the WBFF Body Power Model Search. Like, like I really wanted to do that for some exposure with body power but you know luckily I'm already doing work with them which is fantastic because it made me feel you know less crappy about my decision of not doing the show so there's a lot of different options out there but you know just doing a lot I mean you can google it and do your own research really but there are pros and cons to every federation like never underestimate the cost of our sport I guess is another big thing regardless of who you go with you are going to spend a lot of money can be done on a budget but you know I would say nine times out of ten it it can be very expensive so (laughs) choose wisely (laughs) (laughs) I think what you one thing you said which is pretty much nailed it is what is your goal what do you want out of this if you don't want to be a pro, then maybe two bros pro perhaps isn't the one for you. If mm-hmm. you don't like the posing of one federation, then probably cut off some. Like it's kind of like a pro. It's like um, what's that board game? Guess who? Is that the one? <laughs> it's like do do you get prize money? Yes. Just go down, and like, I think yeah. that's probably the way to go through it. Is oh, I feel like we need to do something with that. That'd be hilarious. But um, yeah, <laughs> I think it's just choosing what your goal is. Being Definitely. completely honest with you right now, I actually don't know what my goal is. Hence, why I'm not making any decisions yet because I just haven't got a clue. Like, I like loads of different elements of every federation, and I think at the end of the day, this is my personal standpoint. I've not done loads of federations i've only done technically one two but then i think there's pros and cons to every single federation you go into definitely and if you spend so much time wondering of whether that con is that negative is actually going to happen then you just won't get anywhere i think sometimes you just need to trial it try an hour and kind of figure out what your goal is Hence the reason why I'm just like, right, I'm just going for September. I know there's a crap that is shows in September. Like, I'm not going to be struggling to choose a show in September. Do you know what I mean? If you just have, like, a period of time in mind when you're like, right, I would like to be in stage condition by, for example, like you've just said, September. Crack out that calendar that you've made, right? There's a show then, there's a show then, there's a show then. Do them all. Why not? Because if you're in condition... Like you said, trial and error. Like you, you, you nine times out of ten, you, you, unless you try, you will never know. Yeah, like you said again, I think that's a really, really good point. Is the posing and, I mean, body power model search is completely different posing than what I'm used to. I'm used to like bodybuilding, like mandatory poses. Body power model search is kind of like WBFF. How did you so find I, that? I would have had to do a lot of work on that. Like I had some posing scheduled in um, with a posing coach actually, but. Obviously, when I decided not to do it, we kind of put a stop to that and we're going to rearrange for, for the IFBB pro poses instead. But, yeah, there's pros and cons to everything. I mean, we've said it, but posing's a big one. And also the style of competition suits as well. Um, you know, it, it's it's very different doing a modelling comp than it is doing 
you know, an, an IFBB show or a PCA show. It's just whatever works for you and, yeah, what your goal is. And Yeah, so what bikini was you going to go for, if I can actually be a bit cheeky and ask? Oh, I don't know if I can disclose <laughs> that information. Okay, so what would you go for, connectors or not, for Body Power Modest? Oh, okay, so we... I said no connectors this time because in the past, I mean, I've been through it all, I swear to God. I've been backstage at the British finals before and my connectors have snapped. So I'm just petrified. This wasn't a black ice bikini. This was this was an old an this, old this one. scare me, though, about connectors. No joke. I've heard so many bad stories. I am Honest, a bit like... Mm. I was... Pumping up backstage, putting my bikini on, snapped. I was like, oh, my days, what am I going to do? So I think ever since, I mean, I trust Mandy, obviously, with connectors and stuff, but I actually really like the high-rise scrunchy ones, you know, the ones that are just, they have no connectors and, that like, the V-cut. I actually really like those. I think that they just look flattering anyway, but... Potentially, yeah, connectors in the future. I mean, who knows? Me and Mandy have got some um, ideas that we've put down on paper, but I said to her, like, you need to prioritise our other athletes because I'm not going to be getting on stage until, like, the end of the season now, pretty much around the end of summer. But we've come up with a design, so watch this space. I won't copy it this time, I promise. <laughs> oh, it's fine. You can take inspo. I'm yeah, still buzzing about I can't believe you didn't notice. But yeah, I would just remember saying to, to Mandy, like, I just love, I really want, for some reason, the only thing that I knew I wanted was blue. And I was really struggling to find, like, an interesting blue variant. So yeah, mm-hmm. I remember, like, when I had to put in my application, I was actually like, I quite like Marnie's, but I don't want, like, a hundred, I don't obviously want to be, like, the same as her. But, um, yeah. no, it's cool. wrong with the velvet? I love it. I do like, I don't know what, I do like dark colours. I, I know yeah. it's just something a bit more I don't know you don't see a lot of it you see a lot of kind of bright so watch the space awesome okay so I think we should wrap it up there we've covered like so much so much stuff <laughs> but it's awesome so if people want to find out more about you ask you any more questions like where can they go and find you so I would say that my main platform's definitely Instagram my username's just at MarnieFit pretty simple to find um yeah you know anyone is more than welcome to drop me a direct message if you've got any more questions and whatnot and yeah I mean I have a YouTube channel but it's a work in progress obviously with with me balancing a million one of the things I guess I'll be vlogging a bit more over the summer once my exams are done I did start a prep series but um you know as I said work in progress but everyone's more than welcome to go and check that out and subscribe and you know see me in my crazy life but yeah and also <laughs> the last question i don't know if you're anticipating this but what makes you not just a bikini girl so this has to be something obviously we've mentioned uni we've mentioned like it's basically anything that you haven't mentioned what makes you not just a bikini girl wow something um... completely it has to be it can be completely random completely random what do you mean so like Something that isn't related to fitness that people wouldn't know about you. Like, can you speak languages? Um, I'm trying to think what else. Have you done anything, like, crazy, like, charity-wise or...? Um, I mean, not really. I think I'm just crazy full stop. I don't know. I mean, I said to you before, like, I've travelled on my own, like, you know, I'm half Arab. 
that's where my name comes from. Ah, nice. So is it your mum or oh, dad yes. who's, who's Arab? Yeah, yeah, my dad's from the Middle East. My mum's English, so that's where it comes from. A lot of people don't suspect it, though, with my blonde hair. But it's not real blonde. I'm naturally a brunette. So there you go. Two things that I didn't know about you. You're naturally blonde and so you have out. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> Every single time I hear someone talk about that, I'm like, oh, Like, I'm just so, like, English breakfast. Like, just plain English. So You're boring. an English <laughs> Yeah. But I wish I was, like, something to know. I always want, when I was younger, I always wanted to be half Italian. I don't know why it always sounded good. <laughs> just for the food, though. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Cool. Okay, so I'll put all of Marnie's details in the description bit, wherever that is, on whatever platform you're on. But thank you so much, Marnie, for coming on. If you guys have liked this podcast, then please do go and leave a review or just let us know. And yeah, see you guys in the next episode.